Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Quaddy Potty for another week. I'm joined by Nick Holland in our brand new studio. We've actually got a professional studio. We've rented it out. Uh, hopefully the audio is coming through nice and good. Nick Holland, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. It's um, pretty comfortable here at the Bella Vista Hotel where we've got our free studio. Um, shout out to them. Come down here if you want to record a podcast for free. All set up for us. So, yeah, pretty nice and it's a bit more professional you guys so um yeah pretty keen to get into this week yes bella vista hotel shout out to them we've got the professional audio set up hopefully in a few weeks we'll have some visuals so maybe a youtube channel come out very exciting times for the mocks but we'll head straight into it because you know we are under a time crunch of course uh nick last week's racing it was a great day out cox plate day uh spring champion stakes day at randwick there's not much to touch on from randwick uh, so we'll just go straight into Cox Plate Day and the race that was. Uh, Animo gets the chockies in the end. What were your thoughts there? Yeah, it was good, mate. Um, obviously, I I was watching it with you live um, from a mate's TV just because we yes. had a, we had an event on for the night. Um, but yeah, um, thought Zaki was home going into that corner. Zaki looked real good, but um, like the last run before that, just just died. Um, couldn't get it done, and Animo. Solid horse, gets it done again, proves it on the big stage and it's going to the champion stakes now um, in a couple of weeks. Um, it's going to probably do it again and show why. Yes, of course, uh, like you said, off to the champion stakes now. It won't be taking on the likes of Mr. Brightside and I'm Thunderstruck. They've said that if they race on, it'll be in the champion's mile. So I think Zaki probably starts at $2. Sorry, not Zaki. Animo probably starts at $2 or less and bolts in. He's... Australia's best horse, you said he might be the world's best horse and they're thinking of actually going and proving that. They're thinking going Ascot, going to uh, the UAE, going to Europe, going everywhere and anywhere. They want to take on the world's best races now and do you reckon he'll be able to hang with them? I don't know. I don't know. I've ridden, ridden him off um, pretty much all year. So um, great horse, but I don't know. I've seen it kick up a little bit too much where it's, it's I don't know. But the, that that Cox Plate, like you said, it's the best weight for age race in Australia, and um, it's one. So I don't know, could get anything done overseas, but yeah, it makes me nervous sending a, a good horse overseas. I don't like it too much, to be honest. Yeah, we've seen what happened with Very Elegant, uh, but our um, our opinions whether or not she should have gone is besides the point. Um, but with Animo. Uh, we said you have, you've seen it, you've written it off many times. Many people wrote it off. Uh, the stable almost wrote it off. So it's crazy to look back about six months ago, they almost retired him and sent him straight to stud because of his ways of kicking up and his poor run in the Queen Elizabeth. Just imagine the world we'd be in right now if Animo was retired in at the end of autumn. Would be without four extra group ones, would be without a Cox Plate. Just shows the difference. Yeah, and owners are probably out of pocket even more money now. Um, if you take it to the stud yard now... Yeah, be worth millions, millions more. It's gonna, it's gonna have a very big, very big uh, breeding career afterwards. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the first lot of two-year-old colts that come out of Animo. Um, talking about the Queen Elizabeth, the only thing I want to touch on is El Bodegon, my tip in the Cox Plate, massive first run on Australian soil. Wallace said apparently that might be looking at the Queen Elizabeth come autumn time. Do you reckon that if 
Animo's not there, if he's overseas, the likes of I'm Thunderstruck and El Bodegon would have to be the firm favourites there since they were the ones that ran second and third. Yeah, I'd say so. I think I'm Thunderstruck's had a pretty pretty good um good s- starts um this prep. It's just been there about second place in pretty much every one of its starts except for that one when it had early on. Um, it's looking for a win now and it's probably a good chance in in the race if um if it races before without Animo in this spring carnival, like you said earlier. Um, but yeah, it, it could be good for the for the Queen Elizabeth, but it's probably paying way too short in the futures markets right now anyway. So Yeah, fair enough. I think uh, we'll touch on it more in next week's episode, the Champions Day. I reckon Nature Strip in the Champions Sprint, I'm Thunderstruck, Champions Mile, Animo, Champions Stake, uh, Multi might be pretty good. I'm pretty sure it pays just over $10. So you'd want to be looking at that punters. But before we move into the tipping, we've had a question asked. As always, we put up, ask a question, get a shout out. Uh, our good friends at Stridal, of course, you can listen to us every week at stridal.com. Shout out to them. Uh, we love the work they're doing. So make sure to go to stridal.com.au to check out all of their podcasts that they've got. They just put one up with the Everest uh, jockeys and uh, the Kosciuszko trainers. Great listening there. They asked us, Nick, how much consideration do we take of trainer comments when it is doing the form? Do you ever do a tip based off of how confident a trainer is? I don't think I've ever looked at a trainer's comments, honestly. The only time I've ever looked at um, trainer's comments is for family-owned horses yep. or friend-owned horses that have given us some some advice. Um, not necessarily. In saying that, this is why... Because, so my auntie owns a horse, Ruby Kisses, that we know. Yes. And um, my dad owns a stake in the Fighting McLaren, who's actually, they're both trained by the same guy. I don't, I'm don't i not sure if Fighting McLaren's trained by the same, but one of his horses, dad has, is trained by the same bloke. And the, the exact same message, but fucking a couple of words and the, the name of the horse changed. The exact same thing was said across two different horses, the exact same words. Oh, yeah, hitting the, hitting the prep really well. <laughs> Come out of barriers nicely. Like, it's full of, full of shit, man. Like, that's why, I don't, that's why I don't like it personally. He's just – I don't know if it's just that trainer in particular. Obviously, uh, your likes of Wallop takes pride on caring about most of his horses. I've seen a Waller comment. They're very detailed and very individual to each horse. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's just the trainer, but um, I thought that was pretty ordinary when I, when I heard that, to be honest. Yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, well, I'll quickly say my piece. Um, I've seen trainer comments from a range of them. I usually only pay attention to them if they say in this one for a bit of a run and not to win because then that indicates, of course, don't bet on them if they're not setting them purely to get up for a win and they're just you know using it as a target race, a stepping stone to uh, get some fitness in the horse before they want to win later on down the prep. So if they say, oh, his best is up to 1,600, we're just going to chuck him into this 1,200 benchmark race to get a little bit of fitness before he reaches grand final day, that's the only time I take notice because usually the trainer's trying to pump up those owner's tyres. They're saying this horse, red hot, going to win on the weekend. A lot of them say that. So, you you know, if every single trainer reckons their horse is going to win, obviously one horse wins on the day. So only really take attention punters if uh, they say not to be back in it, I'll just follow their advice on that. They know the horse best. So uh, thank you, Stridal, for that. Uh, of course, stridal.com.au to get all of your uh, horse racing entertainment needs. Um, but other than that, Nick, we'll just remind the punters to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify before we head into the tips. really helps us punters. And uh, make sure you give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you're listening to right now. 
just another thing, lads. Um, as you probably know, we are on Dabble. Yes. Um, Dabble is the Aussie-owned bookie that is changing the game of gambling. Yeah, mate. So any bets that we mention in this podcast can be put up on Dabble. We put them up on Dabble uh, and their unique system of the copy bet feature copies that bet straight into your bet slip. So you can put whatever stake you want on. We do the multis. We do every tip from this podcast. We post it up with justification. And so you don't have to go searching through the markets to find it. Just go to at the mock sports on Dabble and you'll find every bet. Join over 12,000 punters that are following us. And if you want to sign up today, there's a link in our show notes and you can just download the app and use the code the mock sports when, uh, when signing up. That's it. All right, mate. We'll get into it. We'll be nice and quick with our Randwick rundown because we've got a lot to discuss in the tip-off. With uh, I think it's six races. So the uh, track, Rails in true position. They haven't raced there since, I believe, AFL Grand Final Day over a month ago. The track should be ready to go. Um, the sun is out in Sydney finally, so we should be getting anything from a soft five to a good four. Would not be surprised if this track really gets bone dry by the end of the day, which is great to see for the uh, Sydney racing. We've been on bogs for the better part of the year. So I think we'll get a uh, pretty fair racing day. Uh, you might maybe want to back the leaders if they're getting in the first few. You're just going to have to monitor that. But hopefully, back markers will just have as much a chance as those leaders. So we're getting the race one. It's the highway, 1,200 metres, pretty straight to the point. It's a highway, so I want to be with something of value. Sir Ravinelli, he's consistent as they ever come with highways. Last three attempts, finishes in the top four. Strong runs, all of them. Comes off a win last week on a soaked Port Macquarie deck and will drop four kilos here. Untested on dry conditions, but with uh, only one run there and he finished fifth in it, but he'll probably go forward from that 13th draw and try and get up on the pace. Rock hard fit off the week, uh, the week back up. Love that in a horse. So Sir Ravenelli at $17 to win and $5 to place each way is my tip for the highway, Nick. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Um, two horses I really like here. It's Ezekiel and King Gatho. Um, Hate Parramatta though, so I will not be with King Gutho. I'll be with Ezekiel. Uh, $11 and $3.50 for a place. It's got an apprentice jockey on board, so it claims a 1.5 kilos. Um, pretty nice. So third up here, it's probably peaking for this one. Um, and a pretty decent value card at $11. So Lovely stuff, mate. Head over to race two, the 1,200 metres at the benchmark, 78. Uh, our favourite, Jao Lee at $4. Uh, looks pretty nice. Huey Bowman on board. Uh, it's pretty pretty deep into the prep, fifth place last start, um, and then a second and a third before that. So it's it's looking all right. I'm going to be straight to the point here. I'm going to go with a bit of a roughie here. So say you, $19 and $4.60 for a place. Um, really like this horse, been following it through the highways and through the through the rougher races, and it's always been thereabouts. Um, Tommy Berry comes back down, uh, back up, sorry, to Sydney. Yes, um, off, off his suspension. Off the suspension. So he's had a week with the family, had a week to reminisce, <laughs> and he's back. So um, so say you for me in the second at $19. Pretty nice. Fair enough. Another person that comes up from Melbourne, she's skipping Derby Day, which is pretty big. It's Jamie Carr. Hot She'll jockey, be in Sydney. Hot jockey. She will be in Sydney. Uh, so obviously she's come up for good reason. She's riding in the Golden Eagle. They're pretty confident that, one of, um, that her ride's going to get up. We'll get into that more often. Um, not more often, later on. Um, Vavia, bottom weight, 
Jamie Carr on board should slide across from the seventh barrier, get a good run behind the leaders and rise over them in the straight. Currently at $4.50 and $1.90 to place. I'll go each way if that $2, if that place price goes over $2. But at the moment, it'll just be a win bet on Varvia. But uh, have a look at that market. See what the market's doing, punters. And if it gets to each way odds, definitely go each way. Uh, talking about Tommy Berry, Nick, that takes us to the third. And I'm going his horse all the way, Waterford. We love Waterford on this podcast for good reason. He's always done us right, except for the last start, the Silver Eagle. Didn't fire a shot. Didn't have Tommy Berry on board. You were right by saying no Berry, no Waterford. And uh, it's a shame because I really thought he would be giving the Golden Eagle field here a shake. I reckon he'd be a great bet in the Golden Eagle. And now he's dropping all the way back to benchmark 78 class. So, And he's not even top weight as well. So I think $2.40 for Waterford here. One of my bets of the day. I won't say best bet of the day, but... I'm very confident Waterford gives them a spanking here. Yeah, favourite wins this one. Um, like you said, coming back down to a benchmark 78 after running in a Group 1. Um, group 1, I think, was it? Well, not not a Group 1. One of Peter Volandi's big money races. Big money races. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. But, um, yeah, favourite wins. Go to ben, um, race four, sorry. Benchmark 78, the 1,900 metres. Uh, straight to the point again here. I'm going to be with Pink Ivory with Pikey on board. $5.50 and $2.10. So, good each way play. Um, it won a couple of weeks back at the 1800 and it hit the line really well. So, yeah. um, it's looking pretty nice. We get to the 1900 and I don't think it, don't think it struggles too much. So, um, it's going to be me, Pikey on board. Pikey once ran its last winner with it, this horse. So, um, it'll be back on and knows how to run it. So yeah, pink ivory for me. hundred percent mate. I was there that day at Rose Hill last time it was here, had 1800 meters, had a good track. Uh, made up 8.5 lengths all the way from the back and steamrolled them. Like you said, Pikey got him over the line. It was a narrow one, but he got the job done. Um, I think she's definitely the bet to have here. Like, forgive last start. That was a complete bog. She likes to get on a nice, firm deck, which she'll get here. Back to the preferred track and conditions. $5.50 to win, $2.10 to place each way on Pink Ivory for me. 1500 at the 1100 Sorry, race five at the 1100-meter mark. Uh, we got Classy JB winning verse and Miss J Fox. They'll put the pace into the race. Um, but they're all summer caliber horses, this field. They're not really spring horses, so I haven't really seen how they go. They're, most of them are first up to start their summer campaign. But um, I'm just going to have to go here with uh, winning verse. Returned super last time up, which was a month ago on this very track on that AFL grand final day. Looked absolutely home, but was nabbed right on the line by our good friend Fox Fighter. Shout out to you, Will Mitchell. But I reckon Timmy Clark takes him right to the front, dictates the speed, gets the rock-hard fence, goes all the way with him at $3.70. So winning verse for me in the fifth. Yeah, I'm going to be with a favourite here, Mars Mission. Um, Prentice Jockey on board claims three kilos. So 53 kilos for the favourite. Looks pretty nice for me. $3 for the win on the nose. Um, going to be a bit of bit of a play for me into Waterford. So oh, really like this. Fair so enough, mate. Head on to the next. The Rose Hill Gold Cup. Yes, race six. <laughs> uh, 2,000 metres. Um, Got to keep it pretty simple here. Um, Polly Gray. I really like this horse. However, it, it worries me a little bit that if it does get a bit too dry, that we could see a good track and... She does her best running on the on the soft track. Whereas, hates the know, dry. Hates the dry. So, um, to be honest, if it, it probably runs a good track, it probably gets scratched, in my opinion. It probably will. Yeah, more than likely. Um, so, if it does get stra- scratched, sorry, I will take Yonkers as a as a second pick. But Polly Gray will be mine. Fair enough. Um, look, you were on quality time last time it came out and it won, but 
I'm all over the internationals here. The international horses just seem to bring that wild card form. Um, and I was tossing and turning between the two imports all day with Bois Dijon. I have no idea how to say it. One horse I do know how to say, though, is Star of India. The other import in here caught my eye going through the previous forms. He beat a horse named Cresta last time he was at 2,000 metres. Now, that won't mean anything to you punters, but Cresta was a horse over in Europe that ran second to Light Infantry, who is the Golden Eagle favourite. Also ran very closely behind Hu Yao Mal and Duville Legend, who are two red-hot chances in the Melbourne Cup. So I think that form reads beautifully, apparently. According to Annabelle Nation, uh, the horse is acclimatised to Australian life very, very well. I think $10 to win, $3.20 each way on Star of India is a great price to get. And I do think the two internationals run the Quinella here. I just think that their form is superior to the Aussies in this race. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um, so we skip seven, eight, and nine. That's the tip off. We'll go straight to race 10, Nico. Yeah, race 10. We got the 1300 meter benchmark 78. Keep it pretty simple. I really, really like the favorite. Democracy. Oh, Democracy Manifest. Um, watched its win first up and it was pretty nice over at um, Warwick Farm as a, as a midweek it was. Um, I do remember getting a clip of it off, um, off Facebook, off one of the one of the chats that we're in. It could have been our chat. I doubt it. But, um, yeah, it, was, it looked really nice and um, I really like this horse. So uh, I'm going to go with Democracy Manifest again. Fair enough, mate. Um, it's Darren Flundell's favourite horse and he screams succulent Chinese meals every time it gets up. Uh, I'm not a very scholared person, so I'm sure that's a reference to the uh, name of the horse, Democracy Manifest. But it, it makes me laugh. S- have you seen the video? No, You've never what? seen the video of the guy that goes... That got arrested for a succulent Chinese meal? No. You've never seen that? No, I've never seen it. Are you serious? No, I've never seen it. Wow. Okay, well, I'll have to go watch it. Well, I'll show you after, but yeah. (laughs) It's it's, a bloke gets arrested. This is back in like maybe the 70s. Yeah. It's arrested from a Chinese place and he goes, this is Democracy Manifest. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway, well, that's where it comes you. from. That's why Darren Flindell likes to shout it out every time it wins. Unfortunately, I won't be on it. I'm going to be on arbitration. I think uh, she Zach Lowe on board, gets to 54 kilos. She's flying with a win in the midway, midweek grade at this track and trip. Exact same conditions. Repeat run. She wins $7.50 to win $2.50 place each way. And that's Randwick, mate. Let's get straight into the great tip-off. You're ahead of me at the moment. We've got a lot to discuss. Six Big, big races. Uh, I think you're travelling about fourth on the overall leaderboard. The leader is still my father, Cashy, on the um, the leaderboard. I am the Mock Mitchell on the leaderboard. You are uh, Matt, Matt McVeigh's stepson. stepson. So, yeah. So, I've got to catch you. And this is going to be the tipping point. Anyone that's in our tip-off and anyone that's been listening along and knows how our tip-off works, if we get points for the odds of the horse and there's just about over 15 races in this next uh, seven 10-day period alone. So it's the tipping point. It's it's going to basically sort the men from the boys when it comes to tipping. And it's either going to be me catching up to you or you pulling away, I reckon. So let's get head into it straight away. Flemington race six, the Coolmore stud stakes, 1,200 metres down the Flemington straight. Uh, much to discuss. What are you liking with this field? Yeah, give me, oh, give me the gat. The gat? Give me the gat. Calling gatter, same as... Uh, only worries, it picks up five kilos from its last run, um, $7.50. Uh, doesn't like the thunder, this this horse does not like the thunder. But no, it doesn't. There won't be any thunder on Saturday, so it's gonna it's a winner. 
Cooling gutter for me, $7.50, $2.60 for a place, and it'll be a big betting point, not even just for the tip-off. Big betting point, cooling gutter. All right. Love you, love you cooling gutter. Well, you remind me, it was very, very scary on Manicato Stakes night the other night when it uh, got called off. She was heading out the barriers, thunderstruck, and geez, it got very, very spooked. Some of the horses apparently almost slipped over as well. That would have been chaos if we'd uh, gotten some injured horses out of that, but luckily it was called off. They didn't run, they moved it, and Bella Nipatina absolutely took the PI double five, but story for another day. We've got Jack and O here, um, the, of course, Golden Rose winner. Uh, it's got the silk change. It also ran very well on the Everest. It's looking like a horse that'll do very, very well here, especially if those outside lanes at Flemington are playing very good. Um, you got Buenos Noches, which is an interesting one, Nick, because that's the horse that almost beat Giga Kick in its last Melbourne start. So you think Giga Kick coming off that Everest when it's great form to have, but I don't think so. I think Bronis Noches is actually quite unders here because Giga Kick improved over five lengths to get up and win that Everest when it came to the time form ratings for that race with Bronis Noches. So Bronis Noches needs to find that exact same improvement if it wants to win here, I think, and I don't think it's capable of that. So I don't think the Giga Kick form actually reads that well, but I'm happy to be wrong come Saturday. Uh, I'm going to be on the favourite in secret, J-Max in red hot form. What can I say? Uh, same with the horse. It's never missed the Quinella in its... Uh, five-start career, uh, loves the wet as much as it loves the good, flies down 1,200 metres. The only reason it got pipped by Jack and I, I reckon, is because it just ran out of puff getting up to that 1,400-metre mark. I reckon this horse is going to be an out-and-out sprinter in its career. So I think J-Mac is going to absolutely have a peach of a ride on it. Ninth barrier, nice middle of the field, jump, kick, lead, win for in secret. So we move to race seven, the Victoria Derby. The purest race. They call the Derby the grand final of the uh, Melbourne Cup Carnival, even though it's the first big race of the carnival. It's weird. I don't know why they do that, but it's big. The big Derby, all these three-year-olds coming out. It's their first staying test here over the 2,500-metre marks. Usually these horses go on to run in Melbourne Cups throughout their career. So you look through it. Sharp and Smart comes off the Spring Champions Stake wins last week. Berkeley Square comes off a win at Mooney Valley last week. Then you've got Pericles, Mr. Maestro, Let's Roll the Dice, Grand Piero, Fuita Sun, Skyfios, and a bunch of other horses that have really been building up. This is their grand final, the three-year-olds. Uh, what are you thinking, Nick? It's tough. It's tough. Um, Sharp and Smart had a real good run, but you add an extra 500 metres yeah. to that last run. So, But then again, you can say that about a lot of horses. So I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Mr. Maestro for me. Ooh. Three wins on the trot. D-Lane on board. $6 for a win. $2.15 for a place as well if you want to have a punt on that. Um, looks all right though. Um, Does the 17th barrier scare you at all? A little bit. A little bit, but... I don't know. It's a it's a big field. It can it can make its way up to the front and um, lead its whole way. I don't know. It's a it's a long race. I don't think the barrier really really kicks in in a very very long race, in my opinion. Only I think if you get cast all the way back and you have to make up like fifteen or so lengths yeah. to get to the front. But I think I think um, um, Lane just settles him into the midfield and um, gets it done. Oh, fair enough. I'm going to go Berkeley Square. Craig Williams is in just as red-hot form as anyone. Favourite. Hey, mate. I'm sorry to go another favourite. I was thinking sharp and smart, but I don't know. I was really impressed by the um, by Berkeley Square last week. Had um, Williams on there. He gave it a peach. Rose over them. 
Berkeley Square has been the horse that everyone's been saying, Derby horse, since the start of this spring. So I can't ignore that. Berkeley Square for me in the Victoria Derby. I think he's one of the few that will also run out a strong 2,500. He's always strong through the line, this horse. So I don't know, but now that we've said it, Sharp and Smart probably gets up because it's J-Mac horse. I reckon J-Mac's going to absolutely have a field day out this Melbourne Cup Carnival. But we move on to race eight, the Empire Rose Stakes, 1,600 metre mark. Um... Interesting race, this one. You've got Ice Bath, Nimali, Kiss on All Four Cheeks, Kiku, Miravision, Chalet, Bella Placer, Hinged and Fangirl, who are double nominated for the Golden Eagle. So if they come here, it's big. Yearning, Daisies, La Creek, the New Zealand import, is the uh, the big talk of the town with J-Mac on board. And then you've got a few um, emergencies down there. But Nick, Empire Rose, what are you thinking? Probably one of the most tough ones for the weekend, in my opinion. Definitely. Um. Not sure where Hinged and Fangirl will run. I think one might go each. I'm confident on that as well. I'm thinking Hinged runs here because it's going to be wet. Fangirl runs in at Rose Hill because it's going to be dry. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But do I take the risk of a horse that has probably got a high likeliness of getting scratched? Well, I am. I'm going Hinged. You're going Hinged? I'm going Hinged. I have a backup tip in case it gets scratched though, but I'm going hinge because I think loves the mile, this horse, loves the wet, bet Preble on board. I reckon 16th barrier, it's all right, but it's a leader. I reckon it pushes over. I reckon it shouldn't get caught too wide, settles in, $6 for a horse like this compared to a unknown New Zealand. Like J-Max on it, it's just come off a blitz of a win, but that's New Zealand. This is Australia. It's usually a different kettle of fish. Happy to be wrong, but I'll back hinged over a New Zealand horse any day of the week. So what? who's your backup, Nimalee, you reckon? No, my backup's yearning. My backup's yearning at $21. Uh, I think it's a horse that is severely underrated by the market, always strong through the line, loves the mile. Pretty sure it's um, got a pretty good tr- – um, yeah, sorry, three starts of the mile, one win, one second. Damien Thornton on board. I think it – 15th barrier, just like hinge. Moves over, gets cover and then rises over them in the end. But, yeah, hinged for me, back up yearning if it gets scratched. Uh, call me crazy. Hold on. Okay, I'm holding. Ice bath. Oh, come on. You've been giving me shit about that horse every single start. This time last year, you were telling me that it couldn't get done on a good track, and it didn't. Uh, it did in the end. And then a few weeks ago, you gave me shit for going it in the Epsom. This is bullshit, Okay. <laughs> You can't jump on the ice bath train after I've been on it her whole career. Fuck you. Ice bath is winning the Empire Rose. Jeez, have we got a we got a bleep button? We got a sensor button? No. <laughs> I don't care. Oh my goodness, this horse is due for a win. And how big is the stage? The biggest stage of all for this horse. It's gonna get up. It's gonna run top three. I would I would Big odds. You, big odds. Six dollars for a place for a horse that is consistent as they come. Yes. And it's only got four wins in its career and it's won four and a half million. So it shows you how consistent it is. I agree. Yes. <laughs> Ice bath. Big call. Big, big call. Big call of the week. But um, hey, I'm, I'm, it's Cashy's big call of the week, mate. But uh, 
We go back to Rose Hill. We'll get stuck into race seven, Nature Strip Stakes. These are all the horses that are coming out of the Everest. You've got Eduardo, Private Eye, Marzu, Mask Crusader, then Colding, Shelby 66. Lost and Running, looking for the redemption after being scratched from the Everest is your favourite. Kementari, Brutality, Rocketing by Renona, Smart One and Rare Dini. Nick, I'll be straight to the point. Uh, I think... I'm just I'm gonna have to have it lost and running. It would have won the Everest if it was running. We established that last week. Uh, Bowman will be red hot, ready to go. Give this horse everything. I reckon it gets up here. Yeah, I agree. Lost and running wins this. Um, my opinion wins the Everest if it runs. If the yeah. if the race pans out the same, so yeah. I would have liked to see Marzu, but I think it's gonna be r- real dry by the time we get here. And lost and running's dry form. Five wins from eight starts compared to Marzu's only one from four starts. It, it swims, Marzu, whereas Lost and Running can go on all deck. So that's why I'm going Lost and Running there. Uh, we'll skip race eight because that's the Golden Eagle. That'll be our big chat. Race nine, uh, the four pillars midway. Uh, midway class that's worth 750 grand. So that's why it's in the tip-off. It's a Peter Volandi big money race. Uh, last year, it was highly desired that we were cheering on. He's not there this year. But another one of our old favourites. Okay. Uh, one of our other favourites here, Mahagoni's here, and that's who I'm going. Six dollar fifty to win, two dollar forty to place. Big weight to carry, sixty four kilos, but he is a class above this one. He spanked them at BM seventy eight before last start. Uh, a couple starts before that in the BM seventy two, he spanked them again. He arrogant horse. This I reckon class prevails despite the big weight. Mahagoni to win the four pillars. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, fair enough. Should we get straight in the Golden Eagle then? Let's get straight into it. Okay, mate. This is a big one. It's a. Uh, I'm very, very keen for this one. You've got Jamie Carr coming up for it. You've got international jockeys Frankie DeTori and uh, Jamie Spencer coming for it. It's be- becoming one of the biggest races of the spring. It's worth $10 million now. Uh, racing purists hate it, which kind of makes me love it even more. Um, 1,500 metres, 20 horse field. Who have you got and why? It's a tough one. It's a real good race here. I almost, almost went um, Mr. Mozart. Woo. I was very, very close to going Mr. Mozart. At the 23rd barrier. Is that what ruled it out for you? Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Before all this got picked, but um, who do you reckon I'm on? Have a guess. Looking through it, you know, usually I'd say military expert, but at the $81, probably not. In the Congo, maybe. Not Converge. You rode him off a while ago. Light infantry, I would say yes, but you because you love Marion Eustace, but you hate favourites. Uh, fangirl, maybe because we discussed that. Um, loves the dry and will probably race here, but I reckon you're on Chain of Lightning. I am on Chain of yeah. Lightning. Uh, I really like this horse down in Melbourne. Comes up to Sydney. Um, this is the reason Jamie Carr's come up to this to yeah. this race. They're very positive she gets the win here, and she she knows how to ride, and um, she knows how to ride two different animals. Oh, Nick, stop it. Please okay. stop. Move it on. Move on. Move on. Chain of Lightning, $6.50, and it's probably one of my better bets of the day, honestly. I really like this horse. Jeez, we need a sensor button for you, mate. You are unleashed in this studio, mate. You need to calm down. Sorry, Jamie Carr, if you're listening. We know you're not. Um, I'm going to go well wall. Big call here. I know it's paying $18 to win, $5.50 to start. I've got it at $81, Nick. So if it gets up here, I'm going to be... Look at your screens on Sky Racing. You'll see uh, undressed Mitchell Cashmore running down the straight, hooping and hollering. Because I reckon light infantry, respect that favourite. 
Respect the international form lines it comes in with. It's $4. It should definitely be favourite. Jamie Spencer comes over to ride this horse. That This is why he's in Australia. He's come here to partner his horse. He's ridden all throughout Europe and got many wins on. He's here for it. That's massive in its own right. Many wins. Two from five. It's run five times in his career. Well, two wins, two seconds. It's still good form, Nick. Be quiet. I'm going through my form. I'll let you have your say. Um... But I'm going with the other international horse, Frankie Dettori on board. We know that he butchers horses a lot in Australia, but those were on Australian horses. He's got a Europe horse here. I don't think it's that bad of a move. Ninth barrier, it's Peach. He'll be able to settle wherever Frankie wants him to settle. He's got just as good as form as light infantry, I reckon, but one's at $4, one's at 18s. He'll go on the soft. Hasn't seen good before. That's the only query. If he can't run on a good... That'll be the only reason he's not in the finish, I reckon. Like I said earlier, internationals bring a different kettle of fish form. They are superior in my mind. I think the internationals run the Quinella here, but I think Wellwall wins here. Interesting. Yeah, I reckon if I was to give out a first four, I reckon Wellwall, Light Infantry, throw in uh, In the Congo. I think In the Congo gets the lead and will just get run down in the final 100 metres. And... Chain of Lightning. I think Chain of Lightning is definitely going to be up there. But throw in Fangirl as well, if Fangirl does indeed run. But it's going to be a big, big race. I cannot wait to see how many people come out to Rose Hill uh, and the roar of the crowd as it goes. Because I was there last year to see I'm Thunderstruck get up and there was a massive roar. It felt like there was way more than 10,000 people there. There should be more than 10,000 come race day going to be a big day we'll be posting all the content because we'll both be there if you somehow recognize us in the few times we've shown our face come and say hello we love to hear your feedback but uh yeah very pumped for the golden eagle well wall for me chain of lightning for you can't wait to see how it plays out and that takes us to the quaddy mate we are haven't hit a quaddy since very early in the season so hopefully we get it here race seven at rose hill we've gone mazu lost and running private eye mask crusader Race eight, we've gone well wall, light infantry, chain of lightning, and in the Congo. What have we got in the last two? Uh, race nine, we've got Mahagoni, Kyobi, Stray, and Awesome Lad. Race 10, we've got Arbitration, Democracy Manifest, Verbeck, and Kota Hill. So 50 bucks gives you 19.5%. Succulent Chinese quaddies, okay? Democracy Manifest. Now that I know what that means, I'm all over it. Um, anything else to say, Nick, before we sign off? Um, just another quick shout out to the Bella Vista Hotel, letting us record in their studio for free. Um, anyone wants to record a podcast or come down for a feed, they've got some they've got some good food and a good dance floor on a Friday night. So yeah, Bella Vista Hotel. Definitely. In Sydney. So very nice. Well, one thing I want to say is, of course, our Punt Club. It kicks off this weekend. Make sure to go to puntclub.com. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. The link will also be in our social bio. Uh, basically, Nick and I, we're going to be captaining a big punt club and we're going to be setting out some surveys, getting the punters' thoughts and whoever the most popular horse is in that survey, we're going to ride it. We're going to put some big bets on all the big races, especially the Melbourne Cup. If we're able to get enough punters in and we'll be getting a triple-figure bet on the Melbourne Cup, we'll all be cheering at home as a group. I can't wait. It's going to be some good fun. So, yeah, make sure to sign up to our punt club. We've got about... 
10 or so in there so far. We're looking for 20 plus, 30 plus, as many of you who want to join up. The minimum is $20 sign up through Ladbrokes. Uh, the maximum is a grand. If you want to drop a grand in our pun club, we won't complain. But uh, yeah, it only costs 20 bucks, punter. So come on down. Starts this Saturday, runs until uh, next Saturday. Going to be great fun. We're going to be riding some big bets as a group and hopefully have some laughs along the way, even if we don't have success in the betting because... We're growing that mock community, Nick. We're making sure to bring as much content to you guys as possible. Like I said earlier, we're hoping to get video up, getting on the TikToks, the YouTube, maybe even launch a website soon. Mock's on top, baby. We're going all the way. So anything else, Nick, before we say goodbye? Um, Just have a good good weekend punting. Um, Be responsible, of course, but yeah, have some fun. Yes, as always, we've got to remind you to gamble responsibly this weekend and we will be back on Sunday for a Melbourne Cup special. We'll go through the pretenders and the contenders through every single Melbourne Cup runner as soon as that field is locked in. We'll be recording on Sunday and we'll send it out to you as soon as possible after we get it done to make sure you know who we're on for the Cup. But other than that, gamble responsibly, lads, and we will see you this Sunday. Crohn's getting a split.